it's not in my nature to be controversial. I am a peacemaker at heart. I don't like confrontation. And just as Michael so eloquently put it in his 1983 collaboration with Sir Paul McCartney, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I am indeed a lover, not a fighter. But I'm about to say something bold, and hopefully I won't lose listeners because of it. Um, other than one being for a man and the other being for a woman, what is the difference between perfume and cologne? Seriously, if a woman wears a scent, it's perfume. If men do it, it's cologne. And that has always bugged me. Men wear jeans. Women wear jeans. Women use shampoo. Men use shampoo. But this whole perfume cologne thing has really got me wound up. In a show of protest, I'm going to stop using both words. I feel like that's the smartest way to handle this. And if someone is wearing a scent that I like, I'll say, mmm, I like your smell. Where can I buy that smell? Nope, that sounds terrible. Forget it. Hello and welcome to another episode of Apocalypse. Let's get started. Our guest today on the podcast is Hema Correa. And Hema is someone that I met a few years ago, and I just liked her right away. You know how it is when you meet someone and you just have that connection and you feel like you can goof around and and they get your sense of humor and you have similar interests and it doesn't matter if you're from the same generation or not, you just click. And that's how I feel about uh, Hema. Hema was born in Mexico. She lived in Arizona. She attended school in Arizona and now she lives in a big Midwestern city. I'm going to keep you in suspense as to what town that is. And she's going to talk about her favorite podcast, one that could easily give me the creeps, um, but it's one that she says helps her to be more aware of her surroundings. So she's using it for good. All right, I'm going to leave it at that. I believe it is time for us to bring Hema into the conversation. So what do you say? Let's get to it. My name is boring. Sometimes people spell it with a C. Sometimes people spell it with a K, but people always pronounce it correctly. Mark. On the other hand, you have a super cool first name, Hema, but you spell your name how, Hema? G-E-M-M-A. And so how many times out of 10 do people call you Gemma or Gemma? Like nine out of 10. (laughs) Okay. So uh, Gemma, sorry, Hema means what in Spanish? It means a beautiful stone. Oh, it means beautiful stone. Do you have a favorite beautiful stone? Um, not really. I do not. I guess if diamonds count, that would be it. Does it bum you out that you have the name stone in your name? Translated? (laughs) No, I wish I did have a more bilingual name, though, that, that could just translate easily between English and Spanish. Right. Like if you could <laughs> trade your name, what would you trade it for? Emma. Emma. Oh, that makes more sense. Well, look, being a Mark is super boring. Sometimes people get my last name wrong and I don't correct them. Like if it's, if I'm checking into a hotel, if they pronounce my last name wrong, it doesn't bother me. So does it bother you when people mispronounce your name? No, not at all. Yeah. Fair I enough. rarely um, correct people unless I'm going to see them again and actually build a friendship and they're going to be like closer to my life. I do say, oh, it's Hema. But if it's just 
one time thing. I don't really care. <laughs> Have you ever dated someone and you just never corrected them at the beginning of the relationship and you had to suffer through them always calling you Gemma? No, okay. no. Good. So Emma, I don't know you as well as some of my other guests. So this is exciting for me because we work together. We've met each other. Uh, but what is something that you want me to know about you? Hmm, let me think. Well, um, I was raised in Mexico. I don't know if you knew that. I did know um, that. Yep. I lived in a border town, so it was pretty fun to have that like bilingual bicultural feel growing up um i would actually cross the border every single day since kindergarten through senior year in high school to go to school in the u.s no kidding um, yes so i had a long commute every morning so i'm a morning person <laughs> um and i would cross the border every day because my parents wanted me to go to school in the u.s learn english but the funny thing is Everyone in my school did the exact same thing. Everyone was Mexican and everyone would cross the border every day. So we would all speak Spanish the entire time. Our teachers would speak Spanish. So <laughs> it, I didn't really, um, my, some of my classes were in English, but the socializing aspect of like speaking in English didn't come until college. So how did that work? Did you go to a public school or was no, it a I private school? A private Catholic school, yes. Wow. So how long did it take for you to get from your house to your school in the States? Um, so I have global entry. I've had it for a long time. So that's like a TSA pre-check for the border, right? So okay. that's really a way faster thing. So once I once they invented basically global entry, um, it was probably an hour commute with like standing in line. But before that, before global entry, it could be like a three hour thing like two hour thing. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Especially during the holidays and like peak season, stuff like mm -hmm. that. So how far distance wise was your house in Mexico from your school in the United States? Oh, I'm not really sure. I think it only took me like 10 minutes to go from my house to the border. Then from the border to my school, probably like 15 minutes without <sighs> counting the actual standing right. in line. Mm -hmm. So Clearly, there was no difference in weather, right? There was no difference in seasons. But what is the big cultural difference? Even though that's only 25 minutes apart, how would you describe the cultural differences? Or were there any? Um, I would say basically cultural-wise, not that many because it's a lot of Mexicans that also live in like Nogales, Arizona. Mm -hmm. um, when I did see like more of a culture shock is Tucson, which is just an hour away. Right. Um, so that's where there's more like American people. Um, but you could just see it right away, just crossing the border, how much cleaner it is, how much safer it is. You can see the street signs, the stoplights, everything's so much different. And the second you cross to Mexico, it's like a total mess. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have like. The streetlights don't work. There's not really streets. You, everyone just drives around like crazy everywhere. So, oh, yeah. isn't that something? So, did you go to college in Tucson? Yes. Mm -hmm. You're a U of A gal. Yes, U of A gal. Bear down. Yes, all the way. You now live in what major metropolis? Chicago. Chicago. How have you enjoyed winter in Chicago? Was it a lot of fun? It's been good. It hasn't been bad at all. I was really scared 
And a lot of people kept telling me like, oh my gosh, it's going to be horrible, horrible. You're going to run away to Arizona. And I've been telling people it hasn't been bad at all. Yeah. But apparently it's a very mild winter. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah, that's true. Um, yesterday, it was cold. It was snowing. Um, But, you know, I went out to have dinner with some friends and I was like, oh, we can go anywhere. There's probably nobody out. And it's crazy that everywhere was packed you still couldn't get a reservation and it's so different because in tucson if it would just rain nobody would go out like right. just rain the world night. stops the world stops and here it was snowing snowing and everything just kept going and how long have you lived in chicago uh for five months now five months and you've already created friends how did you do that Hema? i mean i know you've got an amazing personality but how do you make friends in that shorter time? So actually, I I did know a girl that's from my hometown, same as me, like went to the same school. She's two years younger than me, and she moved here like three months before me. So I moved to the same building, and she works in a huge office with a lot of people. So I got to meet her friends, and then I downloaded Bumble, which is like a dating app, mm-hmm. but you can use it to make friends. So it's called Bumble BFF. I did not know that. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. That's good to know. Yeah. I download it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try it out. I need to meet some people. I don't have an office here, so I need to find a way. And it's funny because I actually never used dating apps before. So I download the app and I meet the first girl that I meet there. We go like, to grab a beer on the river walk. And she's actually from Mexico, raised in Mexico. She married a guy from Chicago. So she moved here and it turned out we had mutual friends from Mexico. So we become like instant besties and we're super close. Oh, that is great. That sounds like it should be a commercial for Bumble. Like it's not just about dating. It's about friendships and relationships, all sorts. Definitely. You have a big family. Yes, I do. And you grew up in Mexico, but did you have a ranch down there? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So what was on the ranch? Horses, I imagine, but any other animals? Yes, horses, cattle, um, chickens. Um, that's basically what we had in one of the ranches. But my uncle actually um, has another ra- ranch that's closer to the city I grew up in. And, you know, it's funny. They, um, well, it's not funny. Thankfully, they outlawed having actual animals in circuses in Mexico. Okay. So, well, in my state, in Sonora. So circus couldn't have like any more like tigers or camels or th- that sort of things. So my uncle already... Like my, the city I grew up in is super, super small. It doesn't have like a zoo or anything like that. So my uncle got a really, really cheap price for all of these different animals what? and created a mini zoo in the ranch. So now it's like a tourist attraction and like people buy tickets and go in the ranch. And they he has a camel, he has like tiger, lion, um, all sorts of like different animals, like ostriches. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty neat. I'll definitely have to send you pictures. Oh, I love that. So are people able to interact with some of these animals? I mean, naturally you're not going to be able to go up to the the lion and pet the Uh lion, but are the other animals, can can you get close to them? Oh yeah, definitely. Like the camel will lick your hand (sighs) and 
think it's and kids love it. Like I said, it's a little town. There's nothing going on. So he made it like a super, super cheap. I think it's like one dollar to get in, um, like the equivalent of Mexican pesos. Right. And you can all these kids go and like see the different animals. It's just nice to see how excited they get uh, for those like kids that aren't able to travel or like go to Tucson and go to the zoo or Phoenix or something like that. Wow, that's pretty great. Now, Hema, when we got together last time, I was really surprised by how much you knew about music that I listened to and about movies that I've watched. Um, you know, a knock against the younger generation is that they don't care about anything that came before them. Mm -hmm. I know that with I know that with my son, he won't watch any movies made before 2012. I don't know why that is. Uh, he makes one exception for The Dark Knight, right? That was 2008. That's his favorite movie. It's it's an amazing film, but he's kind of a snob that way, right? Like there was nothing mm -hmm. good before 2012. But you are <laughs> different. So how is it that you have? I don't want to say you have an older soul because I don't know anything about that. But how is it that you know so much about all sorts of music from across generations? Um, it's funny. My ex-boyfriend used to say the same thing. He would always be surprised because he's American and he would be surprised by all the, like the movies and music that I knew because he was like, you grew up in Mexico. How do you know all this? And my dad definitely had a lot to do with that. My dad did the same thing. He went to the same school as I did growing up. He would cross ah, the Okay. So he was pretty, had a lot of American culture in him. Mm -hmm. So when we were growing up, he would like, we would go on these road trips. He would play all of these music, like the entire album of Kiss, AZDZ, like um, make us watch like old American films. So I think that's what happened, really. He was a big influence on that. Well, you do listen to podcasts, and I know we're going to talk about one of your favorites. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about one of your favorites, but it's one I've never heard of, and we'll do so right after this break. Podfulness. This episode of Podfulness is sponsored by Teo Cruz. Friends, are you interested in having a good, uninterrupted night of sleep? I bet you are. I had trouble falling back asleep last night. I had an earworm running through my head. Dynamite, the song Dynamite from 2009. Why, Lord, why? At all costs, avoid thinking about this song before bed tonight. It ranks right up there with As It Was by Harry Styles or the theme song to Succession. I don't know how earworms work, but they work, they stick, and I can't stand it. So, what do I do about it? I throw my hands up in the air sometimes, saying, Ayo. Gotta let go. Oh, I wish I could, Teo Cruz. I wish I could. And now, back to the show. Let's Not Meet is the name of your favorite podcast. And I have to tell you, I have not listened to it. I did um, not look it up, but I want to try to guess what it's about. All right? Okay, let's do it. I think it's about guests that come on and they talk about their horrible first dates with people that they wish they had never met through dating apps. Is that close? Um, Some of the, it's close. It's okay, close. Okay, okay. This is my second guess. Ready? Okay. It's a show that promotes a vegan lifestyle and promotes only vegetarian meat alternatives. And meat is spelled M-E-A-T. So let's not meet. Is that correct? No, but that's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't think I've ever listened to that show. Though. No, that sounds like a terrible show, my version. All right. So tell me about Let's Not Meet. What is it all about? How would you describe it? 
Okay, so let's not meet. He actually doesn't have guests. Well, sometimes he does, but it's other writers. But basically people write in and tell him about like horrible stories that have happened to them either on dating apps or just like things like, oh, I was walking to my house after school when I was in college and like this guy followed me to my dorm or just like all these crazy stories. And basically at the end, it's like, after every story, it's like, let's not meet. Like, horrible hooded guy following me through the street at 10 at night. Let's not meet. So it's all about, like, these different stories that people write in. And he basically reads them. Um, and it's probably, like, 10 stories per episode. Sometimes oh, it's, really? It's, okay. Yeah. Short stories just about, like, crazy things that go on. And sometimes, like, I think I like it because it keeps me aware. And just, like... yeah to be smart and to be careful and not to be so relaxed when I'm walking alone home and things like that. So does, I love it. Does it scare you though? I mean, it's great to be aware, but does it make you want to stay in and never go out? Not really. Um, it's crazy. Cause I'm, I, I'm actually like a really, I get scared really easily. I don't watch scary movies. Mm -hmm. um, I literally don't cause I won't sleep for days, but the things that I'm like really scares me are like, paranormal things ghost things but i love like serial killers thrillers i love that kind. those things don't scare me i don't know why um so these let's not meet um i love it it's just interesting to know what happens all around and it's not only in the u.s like stories from mexico australia like europe everybody writes in so are some of them paranormal? I mean, how does he fact check on whether these stories are true or not? Or it's just people making up stuff to get on his show. Well, yeah, that could be true. I don't okay. think maybe people make things up, but none of them. It's paranormal. It's like real things, supposedly. So tell me a little bit about the host, because I looked up his name. His name is Andrew Tate, but it's not that Andrew Tate. Right? No, 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 no. That Andrew Tate is a totally different one that I'm thinking of. But his name is Andrew Tate. And do you, do you have any background on him? I don't know much about him. I know he hosts. Uh, he also has other podcasts that are kind of related to this one. I think he does have like a paranormal podcast. But that's the only this is the only one I, I listen to. OK, so if I'm if I'm understanding every week, is it is it weekly? Yeah, every okay. Sunday night, every Sunday night. He comes on and he just reads people's stories. Yes. Does he add any embellishments to it? Does he process it with the audience or is it just really him just reading the stories? No, he does like change the language a little bit. Like he edits the stories, but like not the story itself, just like the language and everything to make it more like interesting and detailed. Okay. He does that at the end like of the podcast. And is there music? Are there sound effects? Does he dress it up a little bit? Yes. There's like music and like you can hear it get weird and dark and you're like, what's going to happen? <laughs> okay. So he's definitely telling stories, not just mm -hmm. reading stories. Like it's it's a whole. So when you're doing this, are you able to multitask or are you really just focused in on the stories? Mm, I have to be focused. So I need to be driving or doing something else. If I'm like trying to work or I can be driving or cleaning when I'm listening to it and I get really into it. But if I'm mm -hmm. working, I totally zone out and do not pay attention to the podcast and have to restart it. Is there ever a story where the ending is horrible? Like, does everybody survive, hopefully? Yes, I think that's why I like it. 
because everybody survives. So because they're all telling a story, I think that's why I like it more than the other murder podcasts I listen to because I listen to a lot of other ones. Oh, boy. Okay. And the other ones just keep me like, there. a lot of them are just unsolved. So that's the ones that I don't like. I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like that it just unsolved forever. Right. So that's, I think, what I like most about this one. That's why it's my favorite. Now, does he have a sense of humor, the host of the show, or is he pretty dry? Um, I think he's pretty dry, I would say. Okay. And how did you find out about this? Just because it was recommended to you because you're listening to all sorts of murder-related <laughs> podcasts? Yes. Yes. Literally, it was just recommended to me. And I was like, okay, I'll try it out. And then I actually liked it a lot. Is it usually the same format or does he mix it up with guests being on with him the entire show? Um, it's usually the same. Sometimes he does have guests and they read like one or two stories. So do you think about these stories throughout the week? You hear them on a Sunday night or Monday or whenever you listen. And then do you find your mind goes back to them? Um, Sometimes if one really traumatizes me, sometimes they're not scary at all. It's just like, oh, somebody followed me in my car when I was driving, blah, blah, blah. like something not that. But when it's really traumatizing, like. I was camping and this happened and this happened. I'm like, okay, I'm never going to go camping. I've never gone. And yeah. this podcast has completely taken that away from me. Oh my gosh. And if you do that, you're going to do it with friends. Probably, yeah. right? I don't think I'll ever go. I don't think I will be able to do it. <laughs> so, so do you find that these stories that he tells, it mostly happens at night or is it happening in the day and the night? I think mostly are at night. Okay. So there's the mm -hmm. lesson. There's the lesson there. If it's if it's dark out, stay inside. <laughs> right? Yeah. Don't go out. <laughs> so what type of person would like this podcast? Well, I think people that are like really into like thriller or like those murder podcasts that I think a lot of people are. Mm -hmm, Actually, are. One, of, right. one of my coworkers where we work at um, recommended me the first murder podcast that I got really into. Yeah. Called... What's it called? My favorite murder. And that one's like comedy and murder. So she okay. got me into it. And then I started listening to all these other ones, which led me to let's not meet. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I I'm not sure I'm going to check it out. I feel like it would give me bad dreams, but, but I will for you. I will. I'll make sure that I listen uh, in the morning. So I have all day to get over to get the trauma of listening to that yeah. show. And you listen to it. What on Apple? Do you listen on Spotify? Spotify, Spotify, but it's all over the place. Okay. So that's let's meet. So anyone that listens to this podcast knows that I like to have some fun and games with the guest. And since you are someone that I connect with in regards to streaming shows and popular movies, I know, you know, your pop culture. So what I want to do though, is give you a test about pop culture that happened before you were born. So oh real quick, Hema, what year were you born? 1995. 1995. Okay, excellent. Now, do you know what the Muppets are? You're the familiar Muppets. with you're familiar with Muppets, aren't you? Uh, not sure. Are you familiar with Sesame Street? Oh yes, yes, yes. And yes. you know the puppets like Kermit the Frog and Fozzie Bear. Have you ever heard of these characters? Oh yes, yes. yes. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's a Muppet. And are you familiar with punk bands? The genre of punk music. I would say so. Okay, so. You listen to Let's Not Meet, and this is going to be about Let's Meet on Sesame Street, sort of. So what we're going to do is we're going to play a game called Muppet or Punk Band. 
Podfulness. Okay. And the game is real simple. I'm going to give you a name, and you're going to tell me whether that is a Muppet or a punk band. Okay? So we've established Muppet started on Sesame Street. It was Jim mm-hmm. Henson. They've been in movies. They're on, I believe they're on Apple TV now or HBO. I can't keep track, but they're, they're somewhere safe and still having mm-hmm. fun. And uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a name. Each time you get the answer correct, you'll get a thumbs up. If you get it incorrect, you get a thumbs down. And the idea is just to get more thumbs up than thumbs down. Okay. Because <laughs> okay. there's no, there's no prize, Emma. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to give you 13 names and you're going to tell me whether you think it's a Muppet or a punk band. Are you ready to begin? Let's do it. Okay. Johnny Moped. Is that a punk band or is that a Muppet? Punk band. You are correct. It was an English punk rock group formed in South London in the mid 70s. Nicely yeah. done. Okay. Hema, what about Gonzo? Muppet. Muppet. Did you know, is that a fact? Do you know for sure Gonzo's a Muppet? No, but I'll go with that. No. Actually, he's one of the most popular Muppets. He's an unknown species. He's got a hooked nose and he loves doing stunts. Okay. So what? you're two for two. Nice. What about Bobo the Bear? Is that a Muppet or a punk band? I feel like that's a trick trick question. So I'm going to go with punk band. Punk band is incorrect. <laughs> He's just an easily amused and befuddled brown bear on the Muppets. Okay. I thought it's too obvious to be a Muppet, so That's it's right. not. <laughs> That's right. Okay, here we go. Flogging Molly. Is that a Muppet or a punk band? Can you say the name again? Flogging, <laughs> flogging Molly. <laughs> Punk band. That is a punk band. Very well done. Formed in LA in 95. It's a Celtic punk band. All right, here we go. Muppet or punk band. Uncle Deadly. Muppet. A sinister looking blue dragon-like monster who lurks around Muppet theater. You are right. Uncle Deadly (laughs) is a Muppet. What about Dag Nasty? Punk band. Punk band. Of course you knew that one. You're a big fan. They were formed in Washington, D.C. in 1985. You are killing it now. You are four of six. Here we go. Constantine. Muppet or punk band? Muppet. Constantine, an evil Russian frog who is Kermit's doppelganger. Very good job. Okay. What about Link Hogthrob? Punk band. No, he is a pig. He possesses the traits of a stereotypical leading man. He's from the Muppet Show, Link Hogthrob. So that was incorrect. Emma, you're (laughs) disappointing me now. What about Fufu? Is Fufu a Muppet or a punk band? Oh, I'm scared now. Um, I'll go with Muppet. Fufu is a Muppet. That's Miss Piggy's dog. Great job. All right. What about Mr. Poodle Pants? Is Mr. Poodle Pants a punk band or a Muppet? I would hope it's a Muppet. It is a Muppet. He's an eccentric fashion designer. All right, we've got got three more, Emma. Here we go. (laughs) Fang, F-A-N-G, Fang. Punk band. Punk band, American hardcore punk band. That is exactly right from Berkeley. Two more, Screeching Weasel. (laughs) Hmm. <laughs> punk band. Screeching Weasel is a punk band. That is correct. 
formed in 86. They had 14 studio albums. Can you name one of them? No. No, I can't either. And then finally, Thog. T-H-O-G. Is Thog a Muppet or a punk band? Muppet. A large, blue, full-bodied monster with a sweet disposition. He was in the Great Santa Claus Switch. He is indeed a Muppet. Hema! Congratulations! You did amazing! How many did I get right? uh, I lost track because you were getting them all right. You have made the Muppets proud. Yep. Well, well, Hema, thank you for talking about Let's Not Meet. I'm not sure I'm going to check it out, but again, if I do, it will be daytime. And I appreciate your sense of humor, and I always look forward to seeing you when we have meeting. Yes, thank you so much for having me as a guest. I loved being here. So I have to tell you that had I been the guest on today's podcast, I would have dominated Muppet or Punk Band. A little something about me. Growing up, I wanted to be the next Jim Henson. I wanted to host my own children's television program. I wanted to write for children's television. I wanted to be a part of that because I just thought Jim Henson was the greatest. I loved his creations. I loved the worlds that he would build. And so it was such a joy to play Muppet or punk band with Hema. So let's raise an imaginary glass right now in the air for Jim Henson and for Hema Correa, for Jim Henson for leaving behind a legacy that has made a huge impact on my life, and for Hema because I'm so happy she's in my life. Okay? Ah, wasn't that sweet? It's all true. So please connect with me via Twitter or Instagram. The handle is at Podfulness. And I will see you next time right here on Podfulness. Podfulness.